0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. With social events canceled and the sports season called off, we have more time to pay attention to nature these days. You may find yourself watching birds from the window. You may even greet the squirrels in the yard like old friends. For Mark Glenshaw, this sort of close observation is nothing new. By day, he's a manager at Fontbonne University's library. By night, he frequents a certain area of Forest Park, keeping close tabs on a great horned owl that he named Charles. Mark Glenshaw has been observing Charles now for 14 years. <laughs> And yes, that's Charles right there. Now, despite that long relationship, Charles continues to surprise Mark Glenshaw, and he's here today to tell us about it. So Mark Glenshaw, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me back there. It's a real thrill and honor every time to be back on. that great to be back on so quickly. Thank you.
0: Yes, we love your OWL updates, and it just felt like a little touch of nature was the thing we were all craving right now. And, Charles, on top of that, you have some Charles news, and that is you witnessed Charles do something earlier this month that you've never seen in your previous 14 years of observation. Tell us about this.
1: uh, certainly, not only have I never seen Charles do it, I've never seen any other bird do it. Hmm. I was watching Charles wake up, and he started to stretch and groom, as he does, just to think of how you get out of bed each day, and you stretch and brush your hair, brush your teeth, and so forth. And I turned my head away for a moment, and I turned my head back, and the next thing I knew, he had a very large feather of his in his talons, and he was using the end of the feather to clean his bill his mouth huh. and this went on for several minutes and he paused sometimes still with the feather in his bill and then resumed almost flossing in a way or kind of like a toothpick
0: do you think and this is i
1: just kept filming and just was amazed to see this
0: and this is something you can see. Uh, Mark put this in a tweet that we've now embedded in a story on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. You were able to capture this whole thing as it happened. Do you think this is like he had something stuck in his tooth and it was just driving him crazy?
1: I don't know. It was. I've seen him do so many different types of grooming, but I had never seen anything like this. So I immediately started scouring the literature and I found nothing about it. I was mentally scouring the literature as I was watching this, and I was like, no, 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 I've never read about this. And I reached out to a number of other people, including some regional and national and international owl experts, and the response I got was, yes, we've seen captive owls do this, Hmm. but to see it in the wild is quite unique, special, and so forth. So I was even more excited once I heard that.
0: Yeah, so that really is a special moment that you had there. And for it to come after so much time, it's it's fascinating that he continues to surprise you despite all these years of observation.
1: Very much so. One of the things I love about studying Charles is that every night is different. Every night is unique from something that you see maybe once or twice to just subtle little variations. For example, where he was perched last night was in a tree he's been using quite a bit in the last few weeks, and he's even been using this section of the tree quite a bit. But instead of facing north, as he often has, yesterday he was facing south. And it's just so cool to see all these little variations, subtle and otherwise.
0: I have to wonder, do you think Charles is as aware of you as you are of him?
1: I hope he's much less aware of him. I mean, I'm trying to capture every detail while trying to be as much of a non-presence, inaudible, invisible, as I can. But I can't help but think that over time that he's sort of notice that oh yeah there's that person again yeah he's got he's got to realize
0: here's the same guy who keeps showing up maybe he doesn't want to observe you so much but he's got to realize like you keep visiting him wherever he's at
1: yes but uh but i really emphasize wanting to be as much of a non-presence because 13 million people visit forest park every year and no matter what we do in the park all conclude our time in the park in the same way. We leave and eventually go home. Mm -hmm. But while I'm there with him, I am in his home, so I need to be a a as good a guest as I can be.
0: Hmm. Well, so on the subject of that home, I know Charles has had quite a soap opera over the years with with various lady friends. Um, mm-hmm. and when when you and I last talked, he had been nesting with Danielle. Their nest had recently uh, failed, um, and you had blamed the raccoons for, for possibly um, helping themselves to their offspring. You said there was a small yeah. chance that maybe they'd try again this year. I'm wondering, has that happened for Charles and Danielle?
1: Unfortunately, no. They did revisit the nest site a few times in February and early March, and that was it. I never Mm -hmm. saw them start to duet very intensely. Uh, I didn't see the mate again. So it became pretty clear pretty quickly that that slight chance was, yes, just a slight chance, and it's not going to happen. So we kind of have to wait to next year, but there's a, a lot more to, uh, to life than having babies, but it's always uh, a thrill to see them have young successfully. And Unfortunately, Charles has not had young successfully since 2015, mm-hmm. um, but you hope every year.
0: So Danielle, I mean, you know, they're not having babies right now, but are they still close companions?
1: Danielle has been a very different female in my experience she showed first showed up on April 5th, 2019, so she's been there a little over a year now. And ever since she showed up, more than any other female I've seen, her presence has really been hit or miss. Hmm. And since the nest failed, it's been extremely hit or miss. I, the nest failed on February 18th, and I saw her a few times since then, but I haven't definitively seen her since March 13th. And I'm puzzled and a little concerned, hmm. and uh, it's, it's intense even for her. Um, but on this past Friday, on April 24th, I had a possible sighting of her.
0: So she's, she may started, still be around.
1: She may still be around. And when I say I haven't seen her, that also means I haven't heard her. Uh, each hmm. owl's hoot is distinct. And I know her food quite well. It has some uh, very interesting individual characteristics. Um, And Charles has been quite vocal, and I haven't... I've heard the call, but I haven't heard the response type of thing. Um, And the possible sighting on Friday was really frustrating because I was watching Charles, Charles, and all of a sudden this large owl flew past him, not too far away, and I went out and found that other owl couldn't get the best angle on it and what made everything much more challenging was, oh, here comes a thunderstorm. Mm. And I go out in to study the owls in all types of weather, single digits to triple digits, but I do not play around with thunderstorms.
0: So, so
1: it may have been her, but not definitively.
0: Would it be unusual if there was another male, say, in the area?
1: There actually has been another male in the past few months. Um, and that has been interesting. It's been a little worrying as well. Uh, It's been fascinating to see Charles and this male interact, you know, basically, hey, I'm intruding in your territory, and Charles uh, responding, get the heck out of my territory. Hmm. Um, How does an
0: owl express that? Is that that a verbal thing?
1: Yes, very vocal, moving closer. It can even get more intense uh, than that. Um, I haven't seen any physical confrontation. I have seen that before. Uh, They are highly territorial animals. Um, And it's possible this, whoever I saw, was another female. And I've been with uh, not seeing Danielle definitively since March 13th. I've also been open to, hey, maybe something bad happened to her, and that would be awful. But maybe... Another, yet another female will come strolling in.
0: Hmm, there may be another chapter in Charles's romantic life. Indeed. We're going to have to stay yeah. on this story. Bigger picture, though, in addition to being a close observer of Charles, you're also a close observer of Forest Park. What have you noticed as far as the park goes with this just sea change we've had in the last five weeks of how we're all living our lives?
1: I've definitely noticed more people... Going out and not just okay. I'm going to go to the zoo. Oh wait, I can't. Or let's go to the art museum. Oh wait, we can't. But let's just be in the intrinsic park itself. And I don't get me wrong. I love the parks institutions. They're fantastic. But I also think it's great just to be in the park itself and notice more things and do things that you otherwise
0: wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And are the people that you're seeing in the park, are are people taking caution um, to not get too close to each other and hopefully not to get too close to Charles?
1: Thankfully, yes. Sometimes we all need uh, a little reminder. Uh, Just the other night I I said, hey, I sort of had to put my hands out to someone I was showing Charles to. I said, please stay there because you're getting a little too close and I'm now too close to you. Uh, so, for the most part, people are doing a very good job with social distancing.
0: That's great uh, to I, hear.
1: Yes, yeah, I'm very happy about that. I was very uh, apprehensive about. That not happening in Forest Park and other places in the city having to be closed. And I'm heartened to see that it looks like some of the county parks will be reopened soon.
0: Yeah, that should take some pressure off your beloved Forest Park. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's good news that's, that's, for city dwellers. We don't have to worry about them coming to our parks again. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, what you're seeing is cool. good. And, and it doesn't sound like such an influx of people that this is causing displacement for the animals or, or things like that.
1: No, no. And it's one thing that is interesting. I go out to watch Charles about an hour before sunset. I'm usually there about an hour and a half, two hours. The park really empties out, mm-hmm. even more so than it normally would. Uh, and that that has some interesting conditions and benefits of just, wow, it's even more quiet while I'm out here watching Charles Hunt mm-hmm. uh, and always... I continue to do, and I I do this very carefully with social distancing, I do what I call owl ambassadorship. I point out Charles to people as they come by, or if I see people hearing him and gesturing in the general direction of his hoots, I'll come down or come out, keeping safe social distancing, and say, oh, here's an owl, stand here, I'll go over there. But if you stand here and look over there, now you can see the owl.
0: So you're helping people find him even at a distance from him and at a distance from yourself.
1: Yes. And and that's been a real just great, as you said, kind of pressure release thing. Um, Because one thing that I I can't do right now is lead groups of people out on uh, tours called prowls And I lead 70 of those a year. And the other thing I can't do is go out around Missouri and Illinois and elsewhere and give lectures on the owls. That's one of the things. Mm-hmm. Those two things are really some of the biggest things that I'm missing because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm still able to do al ambassadorship in person in Forest Park.
0: Well, Mark, in just our last minute here, um, what advice would you give to people who want to start paying just a little more attention to the nature that's around them? Just, I guess, tips for people just getting started with this thing that's been a, a decade project of yours.
1: Sure. that's uh, it's one of, one of the great things about doing this is you can do it in anywhere, in any place, from any educational background, no matter what your profession, regardless of your age, what have you. One of the best things is to just look around your neighborhood. I loved your introduction to the show, that was really cool. Just paying a little more attention to what's going on in your yard, maybe making a note or two. Mm. We all carry, or most of us carry, a, a device that is a camera, both still in video, a notepad, all in one. Take a few notes, oh hey, I saw a squirrel on this branch on you know, Monday the 27th at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Next time you see a squirrel, make that note again and you'll start to just notice things a little more by noticing one thing. And you can focus on one animal or, or many others. So a great thing about focusing on one type of animal like I do, you can't help but see other cool animals
0: that's, I think that's some great advice, so we can start keeping a little nature diary and, and start to get to know what's out there. Mark Glenshaw, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Always a pleasure.
0: This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU.